0: It's almost six months since a series of massive explosions rocked the Pike River coal mine on the west coast, killing 29 men. Many families are increasingly angry that the remains of their loved ones have not been recovered, but the region has suffered an economic blow as well. Gay Cavill returns to Greymouth to gauge how the area has been affected by the tragedy.
1: At 3.45pm on the 19th of November our mine exploded and our lives changed forever.
2: Unfortunately I have to inform the, the public in New Zealand at 237 today there was another massive explosion in underground and uh, based on that explosion no one survived.
1: They went happily to work on November the 19th 2010 but they never came home.
3: Their spirit flies with past miners gone. They are above us, out of view. These brave men are now in a place where they will be loved forever. God rest their souls. May they rest in peace.
0: Mafera, the west coast, where coal is in the blood. 29 men remain entombed at the Pike River mine under the Paparoa Ranges. Their families wait while the community tries to move on from the disaster that dealt such a blow six months ago. Behind this locked gate, shrouded in cloud the day I visit, The Pike River coal mine still sits idle, but for the families of those men inside, this is not the time to be sitting quietly. Steve Rose, the father of Stuart Mudge, says progress in retrieving his son's body is glacial.
4: We want our boy back. He was 31, he was a hard shot, he took a lot of raising, and like a lot of coal miners he led a fairly varied and interesting life. and. Carol's job isn't over as a mother until his bones are in a casket in front of her and the 31 years of raising can be brought to a, to a summation, to an end. So we really want recovery. The frustrating part is recovery is achievable, it is doable, but nobody's sitting in a room talking about how. We're all duck shoving.
0: His mother Carol says the families are now becoming angry.
5: We've gone through all the regular channels, we've given everybody the chance, and nobody really has stepped up and said this is what we're going to do. We need a plan, the government needs to undertake a feasibility study, they need to do it. they need to make a plan, and um, that's what we'd like them to do. We'd like them to take some action.
0: Neville Rockhouse was until a couple of weeks ago, the health and safety manager at Pike River Coal. His two sons, Benjamin and Daniel, worked underground at the mine. Last November, Daniel made it out, but Ben didn't. Neville Rockhouse says the mine was safe.
2: I wouldn't let anyone go into an unsafe workplace, let alone my two two sons. Uh, So, yes, we've heard a lot of innuendo and a lot of gossip and a lot of stuff since the 19th, but um, prior to the 19th, we had mechanisms, we had systems in place, and they were executed on, on a regular basis, and if there were any safety concerns, we would jump on them. But some of the things that have been coming out, are unsafe acts on all shifts by all all crews, all of a sudden you're starting to look at the conduct of, of individuals, and I can't believe for a minute that all of our leading hands, our deputies, our under-managers, are all complicit in some sort of um, Uh, conspiracy to of of being unsafe.
0: He insists many of the men's bodies are intact and recoverable in parts of the mine blocked from the intense fire by a huge rockfall. Uh,
2: There's no oxygen to decompose you need oxygen. Um, There's no real evidence of burning. Um, Wooden pallets have been seen as well as um, uh, stone dust bags, so even radiant heat hasn't been sufficient to turn those type, types of things into into dust as as one would
0: expect. He and Steve and Carol Rose say the families are not out for blood. Steve Rose says New Zealanders don't leave their fallen behind.
4: The families are not vindictive, they're not revengeful, they don't want to see some poor prick hang out to dry over it. That may all happen in the future in terms of justice being served legally and fairly. What we want is, we want our boys back, we want information, we want to protect the industry for the future and lives for the future.
0: Did he love being a coal miner?
4: He did, he really enjoyed it. Working for mum and dad in the coal yard doesn't quite cut the mustard when it comes to blokey stuff.
0: The lives of those left behind are changed forever. Some relationships have not survived the aftermath of the explosions and for the first time in his life, Neville Rockhouse is now unemployed.
2: Uh, I would really like to be able to get a job where I can keep my house and um, and and even in the short term, if I do have to go away, um, come back and retire here. Yeah, I'd be quite happy to re- retire on the, on the coast in Greymouth um, and live here. Uh, at the moment, my focus is on trying to get my son back
5: you Let's go.
0: Many of the men who died were top sportsmen, league and rugby players who loved playing for the coast. Michael Monk, Blair Sims and Ricky Keane played for Blaketown and the club has ordered memorial jerseys with the names of the players lost in the mine on one sleeve. Michael's brother Alan still plays for Blaketown and says it will be an honour to wear the jersey.
1: Michael and my brother, especially, absolutely love this club. You know, it's a different feeling running out there without him. So you know, to have him, you know, on your chest or on your sleeve or anything, I don't know where it is yet, but um, it's going to be pretty special. Yeah, and for the other boys, no doubt. You know, like Blair and Ricky as well. So yeah, it just mean that you know they're going to be on our back and helping us out on the field.
0: While some families are living in their own hell, other people in the community are also doing it hard in different ways. Contractors who worked for Pike River Coal are owed millions of dollars, but they're unsecured creditors of the company, which is now in receivership. Some of those heavily reliant on Pike money have already gone bust. They formed a group to make submissions to the Royal Commission and to fight for the five to six million they owed. Peter Haddock is one of those contractors.
1: yeah, some businesses were really reliant on pike and um, and some are smaller businesses and and it 's a huge effect on those businesses and whether they can weather the storms yet to be um, yet to be seen you know um, you know our own business we're quite a large business we weren 't totally reliant on pike um, we 've got a broad range of other activities and the engineering, and um, you yeah, will survive that. And, and we've just got to diversify into other work and keep our keep our valued workforce busy. You know,
0: he says coal mining has to continue on the west coast.
1: We definitely don't want to lose any more local businesses here. Um, and I, th- I think for the town to grow again and for the mining industry, they'll they'll need a lot of those support services. So it's important that we. Um, we, some way we hope we can get paid some of those businesses so they can um, carry on and rebuild and, and, and grow again and create, create jobs that have been lost uh, with the pipe disaster.
0: Reverend Tim Mora has counselled many in the community since the first explosion. He says the contractors are business people and they take risks, but not a risk like
6: this. Not only did they lose staff but they also have lost financially which they've got to try and and recover and they're employers, you know, they're people who support the community that way. So I do really feel for them. I would have almost rather that um, a financial package of some kind had been made available uh, to our contractors maybe rather than an event centre.
0: (laughs) Karen Colligan and her husband George were contractors to Pike River. Just two weeks before the explosion, George Colligan joined Pike as an employee. As a fellow miner, Karen Colligan says her husband wanted to go in and get the men. They all would have done it.
5: They would have put their lives on the line and we would have... If George had said, I'm going to go in and try and get them, I would have said, well, yep, you go in and try and get them. If you don't come out, you don't come out, but you're going to try.
0: Now the couple are owed $64,000 for the contracting work and while they wait for payment... George Colligan travels back and forward to Australia to earn a living. Karen Colligan says life is hard and they feel harassed at being chased by ACC, which wants employer levies from the contracting business.
5: George has just gone over there, over to Australia. We have to wait till we get a wage, but by God, I tell you what, we're going to make sure we get groceries in our fridge before we pay you.
0: Throughout those first few days after November the 19th, the Grey District Mayor Tony Coxshawn became the voice of the families and the community.
3: Until you get those bodies out, there will always be that grieving and need for those bodies to come out of the mountain. Some of the families are content that their men stay on the mountain forever, but that's a minority. The vast majority of the families will take a buckle, or anything. They want closure, they just want their men back so they can give them proper burials.
0: Coal trains still ply the tracks between the coast and Littleton, but you can't tell how full they are. Along with Pike River, Spring Creek coal mine, the West Coast's largest underground coal mine, has been shut down for almost six months for a safety upgrade. But the mine, operated by Solid Energy, is back in production after changes prompted by the explosions at Pike River Mine. The families of the men, contractors, the mayor, the miners' union and many more, say the Pike River Mine must be reopened. But they want changes. Tony Coxshawn says it's worth so much to the West Coast and the country as a whole.
3: There is a six billion plus block of coal sitting up there. It's extremely important for New Zealand to make sure that coal comes out. It's overseas exchange we need. We're borrowing three hundred million dollars a week as a nation. We've got to rebuild Canterbury. Christchurch rebuild is about ten to fifteen billion dollars. So we need the minerals that are in the ground. That particular pot of coal is extremely valuable for making steel, and you can't make steel from nuclear power. It can only be made from our hard-coking coal that we have on the West Coast, which is extremely positive. So we need to get it out of there. We've got $300 million worth of infrastructure sitting at the base to take it away. Why waste that? But
0: he says there has to be a return to the system of mines inspectors.
3: We live in an era where if you go and buy Chinese takeaways or fish and chips, those shops are inspected all the time for health safety. And here we have... Coal mines
0: with hundreds of workers with no inspectors. It just doesn't make sense. The president of the union representing miners on the west coast, Trevor Balderson, says under the current legislation, safety officers don't have the power to deal with any problems they come across.
7: It's an exercise, in my view, a tick box exercise. If somebody shows them a piece of paper and us, uh, yep, this is what we've done. They usually wouldn't go down and actually check up to see if it actually actually has been done. There's a piece of paper there what says it has so it takes it on face value that it has. Inspectors, mine inspectors should actually come unannounced to the mine and say I want to go to so and so place and that's that does has got to ask permission.
0: And all these are some of the elements I would like to be see changed in the in the legislation the mines inspectorate was scrapped in the early 1990s and the government has already rejected the idea of its reintroduction. The Royal Commission into the disaster, due to get underway later this year, will examine and report on the causes of the explosions at the mine and subsequent loss of life, and all aspects of safety, regulatory regimes and rescue operations at the mine. Justice Pankhurst heads that Royal Commission and at a preliminary hearing last month, said its purpose is clear.
2: Our job is to find out what happened,
3: why, and what must change for the future good.
0: Pike River Coal has already told a preliminary hearing it can't afford to provide the inquiry with written evidence and other material it's requested. The Commission is still considering whether it will compel them and other witnesses to appear at the inquiry. If Pike River Coal doesn't turn up with the boxes of material organised into proper submissions, the Commission will face a huge knowledge gap. Many people are pinning their hopes on the Royal Commission, finding out what happened and why. But not all are confident it will be able to do that. Reverend Tim Mora has concerns about the Commission.
6: I'm a bit worried about whether everything that's going through the Royal Commission will maybe be full and frank. I really hope it will be. It needs to be. There has to be a full and open disclosure of and and the truth, however hard it may be to bear and um, may be damaging for some people's reputations, it it has to be brought out.
0: Trevor Balderson is a Yorkshire miner with 37 years underground. He came to New Zealand in 2008. He too has high hopes for the Commission.
7: The job's one thing but a job's no good if it's if it's not safe. And they could inquire what I'd hope would uh, bring that truth out eventually.
0: Tim Morris says the wider community will never forget the men. But people
6: are moving on. It's not weighing on their minds as much as everyone else. They won't be thinking about it every day kind of thing. They're getting on with life, then they'll see something in the newspaper or hear something on the, on the radio or the TV, and, and that will reignite a bit of discussion but they're pretty much, uh, I think, (coughs) getting on with life.
0: Focus Trust is a charitable trust operating from a base in Greymouth and provides a range of social services for families across the West Coast. It's taken over the family liaison role from the police. Acting Manager Catherine Leaf says there is no one word to describe how people are coping.
8: Different families are at different points. Um, I think the one thing that I would say is that, you know, I think the families have been doing amazingly well in some quite challenging um, circumstances, and have proved themselves to be, you know, many of them very, very resilient.
0: Catherine Leaf says coasters have been looking after each other.
8: I think the community is um, is doing all that it can to to help move forwards. It's not the first time this community will have been in a situation like this. We. You know, and together people are looking at at moving moving forwards. However, that moving forwards is, and there are a lot of unknowns. We don't yet know kind of what the wider impact will be longer term.
0: Dr. Carol Atmore is the chief medical advisor for the West Coast District Health Board. She says it will be 12 to 18 months longer before people fully come to terms with what has happened. Some people are, you know, still having. Trouble coming
8: to terms with the events and how it's affected them if it was, you know, if they knew people uh, directly affected and closely affected with it. So it certainly is still uh, in the community's uh, mind. There's a great
2: river flowing,
8: a new
2: wind is blowing, a sister is calling. Brother, come home.
0: Greymouth journalist Paul McBride wrote Brothers 29 as an emotional outlet. He says the Pike River explosions affected the whole of the West Coast and it hurts knowing the men are still in the mine.
2: People will move on. Um, some of the people on the West Coast will move on and uh, there is a saying that life goes on but um, when there's no closure... Uh, life can't go on. But for uh, for families with loved ones, knowing they are so close yet so far, it um, words can't describe how they must feel.
0: Pike River pumped millions of dollars into the West Coast community in wages. Kerry Meadama heads the local business association and says Christmas was subdued. It was late. A lot of businesses would have normally
8: had Christmas functions in December, like their staff... Dinners out, whatever. A lot of those were cancelled. People just didn't feel like having a good time.
0: But she says there is optimism in the area now. Perhaps attention's been
8: focused on Greymouth that might not otherwise have been focused on Greymouth, and perhaps we're drawing visitors as a result, or maybe Greymouth's in the back of people's minds. So it hasn't been doom, gloom, and despondency as it may have appeared or or been possible.
0: It's been a tough time for motels in Greymouth and some predict winter is going to be slow. They're hoping the Rugby World Cup will bring tourists to the coast. Motels, cafes and restaurants expect the upcoming Royal Commission will bring people back into the town in large numbers. Looking down Greymouth's main streets, there are more empty shops than six months ago, but retailers remain optimistic and look forward to a time when the mine might reopen. Coasters describe themselves as stoic, hard-working and resilient. They're proud of the way they support each other. When the mine exploded, yellow ribbons appeared on shop fronts and on power poles, and people wore yellow ribbons as a symbol of hope. Prisoners from Christchurch Men's Prison made the small ribbons and Debbie Norton and the team at the Greymouth Post Shop gave them away to anyone who asked for them. She had recently moved back to the coast after 25 years away. The way people looked after each other is the reason I've, I came home
8: and have always wanted to be here. Um, there, immediately after the tragedy, there was um, something that wasn't even quite tangible, I think. Some people walk down the street and we say hello, g'day, as we do around here. But people looked at each and said, g'day, and it was, are you OK? Again, we've got people that we know that are closely um, related to those that are down there. When they come into the shop, everybody is, you know, are you OK? And there's still a sense that people are looking after each other.
0: Coal miners and rugby league are a combination that goes back nearly 100 years. Several league players are among the dead. The president of the West Coast Rugby League, Peter Kerridge, says the effects of the mine's closure is still to be felt. Some of the miners are now working uh,
2: in Australia, coming home often on, I think, a 10-day cycle, whatever. It seems to me that won't last. They'll either opt to go, and so we'll lose those families. There, there is an impact that is, some is immediate, some is, is a little bit down the track.
0: Miners leader Trevor Balderson says there will always be a need for coal mining on the coast. The
7: market forces going further afield will determine
0: that there's a need for
7: coal. Uh, regardless of the the greens in this world, there's a need for coal and there's a need for employment on this particular area of the West Coast. Um, New Zealand needs coal, needs the West Coast to produce.
0: But it needs it to produce it safely?
7: Absolutely. Without any fear of contradiction from myself, I wouldn't be going down that that to um, Spring Creek mine tomorrow if I didn't think um, it was safe enough for me to go down and I certainly wouldn't put any any of my lads, my union members, um, under that ground if I didn't think uh, we'd be coming out at the end of the shift. And despite the tragedy, Trevor Balderson is still happy to go underground. I've probably spent more time underground than a potato during my my time. Uh, And I'm no different now to uh, to the very first day I, I started back in the UK many, many years ago. I go to work, I do my job, I do it safely. I don't take any risk, and that's what I try to to teach them to the young guys who come under my wing. I look after them, explain to them this is how we this is how we do things here, and you do it safely. We all go to work together, and we all come out together, and that's the only way to be in an underground mine.
0: 82-year-old Harold Newby worked in the Dobson and Strongman mines. It's been nearly 44 years since he stood with tears in his eyes as the bodies of 19 of his workmates were brought out of the Strongman mine in 1967. He says if anyone contemplates reopening the mine, there is an unwritten rule in mining that can't be forgotten.
6: You never run away and leave your mate in trouble. You go with him, you know, you rescue him. Your mate was always, uh, you know, looking after you. You looked after each other when you were digging coal. If anything really happened, you'd take care of them. Steve Rose
0: says the families of the men are clear on what they want when it comes to the mine's future. The families, more than anything, want
4: re-entry, recovery, discovery, and then the mine reopened. None of us really want, I can't say for all of us, but... Um, Most of the families would like to see that mine reopened, otherwise those guys died for nothing. We also want that the mistakes made in that mine never occur again.
0: The connections between the West Coast and Canterbury are strong. Coasters head to Christchurch for major health treatment or even just to shop. The second large earthquake in February reminded Coasters they were not the only ones hurting. Kerry Miedema says a lot of Cantabrians came to the west coast wanting to get away from the aftershocks. And tourists who would otherwise have bypassed Greymouth also came to town. We had busloads of people who would have been staying in Christchurch, staying on the west coast.
8: Um, we had media and, and other people still I suppose, hanging around from the Pike River disaster, but there was a bit of that still happening in Greymouth anyway. Um also people, because they couldn't go
0: to Christchurch, visitors came to the west coast. Grey District Mayor Tony Cockshorn says the coast is on the cusp of a boom. There's a huge demand coming out of
3: China for our coal and gold. Our dairy farmers are going extremely well at the moment. We've got a lot of farms on the coast here. The grass grows fast. And our tourism will bounce back because we've got points of difference here in the Greymouth District that people want to come and see. So, yes... We're in a readjustment period where we've all got to work harder together, but we're certainly on the right track.
0: Contractor Peter Haddock says coasters are a tough breed and do pick themselves up, and that's what has to happen now to stop jobs disappearing from the area.
1: We've really got to um, think ahead now and try and rebuild the community, you know, and look what other avenues of income um, that the town can have. Uh, gold's another one, you know, we, the, the gold price has soared. Um, it was a big, big player um, at the turn of the century. Um, a lot of the New Zealand was built through the wealth that came from the gold on the west coast, and now that's actually um, taken off again. There's a lot of um, mining taking place here, and um, um, we're actually exporting um, um, gold screens and that overseas you know, for, for companies um, and as far as Mongolia right through to Canada to um, Australia and New Guinea.
0: Karen Colligan says West Coasters have wide shoulders and always have a smile.
5: We've always got to remember these fellas, you know. We don't want to forget them. It makes you a better person, you know. It's It's a damn hard way to become a better person, though, isn't it? Yeah, but you become stronger because, you know, anything else that comes along you're going to deal with, aren't you? So you've got to think positive. If you don't think positive, your world will come shattering around you. Life is too, it can be taken away too easy, so you've got lots to look forward to. Let us
2: remember our brothers,
5: our brothers, 29.
0: That Radio New Zealand Insight was written and presented by Gay Cavill. Production was by Philip Patolli, technical production by Steve Burrage.